0: what's up everybody ben cruz here the head of content at vover and i'm here to tell you about my show over on vover one and done the concept of one and done is very simple one guest one question one answer that's it we're looking to bring you the best guests and the best questions on every show which will lead to the best answers some of my most recent guests include the creator of hbo's entourage doug ellen one of the stars from HBO's Insecure, the always hilarious Yvonne Orgy, and a Twitter legend himself, Josiah Johnson, a.k.a. King Josiah, and much more. The show leaned into our short-form format. Most shows are about 15 minutes, so if you don't have a full hour or two but want that quick podcast fix, check out One and Done with us over at Vover on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Write that, write that down, write that, write that down, write that down, write that down. Hey, what's up? It's Justin from Fight Game Media, WrestlingObserver.com, F4WOnline.com. Today's episode of Write That Down is mainly focused on Dynamite Kid, but earlier on in the show we took a couple questions and the first question we talked about was covering Noah pro wrestling noah which you covered a couple weeks ago so check that out um let's just get right into the show so first question today comes from jd oliva from fight game media as you know Mm -hmm. and he's asking he wanted to get your opinion for me about uh pro wrestling noah as a group what do you think what are your thoughts on their uh, search in the late 2000s for a a new uh, like face star a new face of the company it seems like as though they've kind of struggled to get that number one guy to be in front of the company and lead the company uh, out of wherever they were late
1: 2000
0: yeah yeah Uh,
1: probably because yeah 2009 you know the the unfortunate this is real tragedy that you know the king misawa mitsuharu misawa died in the ring right Hmm. and Kobashi got cancer and he made comeback but it was never the same so he was like running his like very last you know very last run and Taue is older than you know either of them and uh, he was about to retire and yeah uh, Akiyama actually was he should be the guy but uh, by going through this top four you know you see basically Jun akiyama replaced toshiaki kawada in that cluster right mm-hmm. so they still have four top guys but uh at the end of 2000 Jun akiyama was just as beat up huh
0: seems Physically. so because he, yeah. went, he, he wasn't um you know he was wrestling he was
1: active he was having big matches and his body wasn't uh getting any younger oh no and then plus it, he was always like a plus one you know, when, when we talk about big four, in right. America, it's uh, four pillars of heaven, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Misawa, Kawada, Kobashi, and, and, and Tauwe. But he's always been the plus one, like a fifth guy. I mean, just as talented. And it uh, was not in one of those, you know, four uh, four pillars of heaven, four top guy, four big one. But uh, he was just as important every bit. And uh, at the same time, he was just as beat. And at the end of 2000, yes, Noah needed um, a new superstar. And uh, it was not like creating another four. You need one breakout superstar, huh?
0: It seemed that way, especially. Yeah.
1: Because there was a big shadow cast by Misawa. Mm. Oh, yeah. And Kobashi was a huge superstar himself, too. Sure. You know, yeah, basically both guys are out out of the picture. And uh, next, right after them, you know, th- those four, there were two, sh- two big re- super talented guys in Marufuji and Kenta. But both guys were, you know, junior heavyweight size, huh? It was a
0: change of uh, both look and style, wrestling style when it came
1: down to that. Yeah, so talented though, but uh, two smaller guys physically, and traditionally, see, pro wrestling in NOAH is like a spin-off of All Japan style, huh? Mm-hmm. Giant Baba. Wrestling is big man sport. Traditionally. You know, Giant Baba, the Jumbo Tsura, the, you know, Dory Funk, the Terry Funk, the uh, Bruiser Brody, the Stan Hansen, the little bit later on, the Terry Gordy, Steve Williams, you know, they're all big Vader too. Big guys, huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was not, it's not entirely their fault. But the, when you see Marufuji against Kenta, single match, GHC, heavyweight, well, heavyweight, yeah, uh, global honored crown title match at the Budokan, it looks like two, gym, two junior heavyweight guys are taking on main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, they tried with yeah a couple other guys you know like a Ricky O you know mm-hmm. or like Bison Smith was candidate I think you know but uh, you had to wait until Goshiozaki, but it was too big of a too too heavy you know uh that uh, you know that uh, on on his you know one shoulder you know and I i guess they are still you know, struggling in the same theme to this day who would be the new noah superstar you know what i'm saying still yet to be decided it seems like yeah it seems that way because you know that that uh kiyomiya uh is another candidate but he didn't start till what four years ago <laughs> you know
0: he's still really young and he's and he's really <laughs> if you're talking about size he's not what uh all japan or or older pro he's Sanoa. tall
1: he's tall so put on some weight and become real heavyweight he might you know he he might have it a real good you know like a real talented guys like ken o and you know katsuhiko nakajima and they all happen to be your junior heavyweight size that's right know? yeah so that's uh that's the same struggle that you know that facing today. Yeah,
0: I think that's and more of a trend around the entire world of wrestling. I think if you look at all the top smaller stars, guys
1: that can, can do terrible uh, things. Yeah, like Seth yeah.
0: Rollins is big, but he's not
1: that big. Two hundred ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like Bret
0: Hart on Michael size smaller lighter Yeah, on the smaller side i guess of what we could uh think of but i guess yeah,
1: in, general... in, uh, in, in the late 90s they were saying like they are they are too small to be to headline huh right yeah they yeah. were saying that yeah, but, yeah that's
0: well, right aj styles or somebody that
1: you know they're... oh yeah yeah that, that that could be considered junior heavyweight even yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, I mean so, I guess uh, that's a world trend too yes that too and the smaller guys can do incredible things i mean physically smaller guys I mean, mm-hmm. so so gifted as an athlete you know, so yeah, like you said, it, it might be the trend in the entire world. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's going to be hard to find a, a,
0: a face for the future of the company when you have somebody like keijimuto or even yeah, like yeah, like a young Keiji kind
1: of thing. Yeah, that yeah. is another reason nor of all guys signed Keiji You know, and then Keiji choose Pro Wrestling Noah to be his, the place for his, you know, very last run, huh?
0: But what I think it would be hard for Noah would be, if you want a new face, a new guy, it's going to be hard to create that new guy if the old guy is still there.
1: Well, you can beat them one by one, you know, that's what WWE would do. Well, I guess we'll have
0: to see what happens because we'll see what their direction is going into 2022. There's, it seems like a very different company than two years ago for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, the reality is, though, that you you cannot wait for this new, you know, superstar to you know come up. That uh, at the same time you have to draw as a business. That's why Pro Wrestling Noah has Keiji muto You have your you know Kazushi Sakuraba, the you know Masakatsu Funaki, the 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 Fuji, you know Kazuyuki Fujita, the Kendo Kashin, the superstar from yesteryears a little bit, you know, but they are in reality more famous than today's guys huh seems that way yeah yeah so the good mixture of talent is always good but that uh, just depends on how you do it you know
0: yeah and i'm looking forward to seeing what they do uh in the future because it's kind of um uh it's new territory
1: yeah and also since last time you and i talked on this podcast that the the, the lineup that the card lineup of January first, Budokan show for Noah has changed a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now Kenta joined, you know, as a getting you know, like a special superstar appearance. That that Ken, Kenta and Maruhuji making a tag team and going up against Sugiura and Yoshinari Ogawa special tag team and uh, the title match scene. And then you can look it up, right? That uh, they they change, change the card a little bit. Mm-hmm. Why was yeah. that? Was there any reason, or well, the Kenta joined, and also there's like uh, you need to spice up a little bit because they're struggling. Uh, January first, I think, is the hardest date to draw any anything. You know that it's the biggest holiday in Japan, and you're supposed to stay home that day. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. January first, yeah, it's a it's a challenge, and also wrestling fans also have certain budget. You have, you know, January 4th and 5th, two Tokyo Dome cards. And three days later, New Japan has another Yokohama arena. And if you're an old japan fan, January uh, January 2nd and 3rd, you have Koraken Hall. And if you're a pro Wrestling fan, while January 4th, June, New Japan, Tokyo Dome show is taking place, NOAA is running Koraken show right next door. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. There's a lot they have to compete with.
1: Yeah. And then also like a 28th, 29th of December and like a traditional year. end you know, the, all the independent group get together and run card on 31st, New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. And that's also tradition. And uh, yeah, like a 28th, 29th, also pro wrestling uh, that the Stardom has their big show at the Sumo Palace on December 29th,
0: you know that's right and they were announced this week or last week that uh they'll have a match uh or like an offer match at the tokyo dome for, with new japan this year too
1: yeah 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 it's that's uh actually like a dark match but uh that's important to showcase uh you know f- featured stardom talent for men's audience yeah because yeah, some but- guys only watch you know men wrestling you know still to this day you know and uh stardom has owned uh, you know own fan base that is really strong but uh, it's always good to showcase and uh, you know have a match right in front of the tokyo Dome audience so they might become stardom fans that day yeah,
0: yeah they should we'll
1: see. We'll see yeah yeah so like a 28th 29th 30th 31st all the way to like this uh january 8th you have wrestling pretty much every day somewhere you know oh that's not new but uh uh, how how much money can you spend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, because oh, you know Tokyo Dome show. You know, if you wanna you know get a good ticket, you know, you might have to be spending two hundred dollars on you know on one show. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, I wanted to
0: ask what's with the, both the the Noah show at Budokan and the Tokyo Dome shows this year. What's um, what are the rules with the uh, you know sitting apart or capacity within the venue. uh
1: i think start still uh, like we always talk about this wrestling is not completely independent from what's happening in the real world right now they are trying to put the you know folk, you know uh, the seat that uh, no social distance this time but you never know you know this omicron variant and, and you know that the infected people might you know ex, you know go up high in numbers in coming you know coming week, and uh, yeah you, you don't know. But they are trying to put regular seating for those January shows. That's a plan. But you still have to wear mask. Mask is mandatory, and you cannot stand up or run around or. You know, run into the ramp and high-fiving people and all these things. You know, you sit and seat wear a mask, and no loud, you know, loud cheering. You just sit there and clap. <laughs> yeah, but Japanese people are so orderly, right?
0: So it adds a different uh, feeling to some of the shows, huh? Some of the Noah yeah, shows. Sound yeah, sound different. Yeah, like quiet. A, yeah. 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 So. So it's it, like it, that. Uh, to answer the original question, I think it's more, you know, less of a question, more of a just yeah, what, uh, what
1: happens it, in the the what, so what what would be the healthiest thing is like a, a pro Wrestling Noah can run regular Budokan show, like four, four or five Budokan shows a year, like what 90s old Japan was doing. And the main event would be like, you know, Kiyomiya against Go Shiozaki, and that will pack the house. That's good one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just people are not I uh, doesn't seem to be ready for that you know like a like a like an entire new generation taking over the main event spot you know but I'm hoping like a title match like a GHC national heavy you know national heavyweight title match like champion Ken O against Masakatsu Funaki and Ken O beat somebody like you know Funaki who was the original creator original founder of Pancras, then. the if Ken can beat Funaki in the middle of the ring, that will signify that the, the end of an era and the beginning of new era. I mean, it has to be something symbolic. Does that make sense?
0: It has to be symbolic. It doesn't matter exactly where the title is, per se. Right, it's right. To be from the
1: right person. Or, yeah, or, or or Kiyomiya beating Keiji Muto clean in the middle of the ring or something.
0: Something like that. But what's the uh... Isn't the story still going between Muto and Go Shiozaki?
1: Yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, that means they're still, you know, kind of testing water that the, if Shiozaki is the guy or well, you should go, a, go ahead with Kiyomiya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that means neither guys are definitely the guy. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's really. That's just it's a real hard thing, you know, to choose who will be your next champion guy. And people have to believe in him. Yeah. And, and, and it's what, right now. Yeah, because what WWE did was, like, they do this thing real well. see. The Shield, Roman Reigns, Cesar Rollins, and then Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley, you know. Those were the trio, right? Unit. Then they brought, you know, they brought, you know, they broke those guys into single competitor and they were able to make Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns separately very strong single superstar. Mm-hmm. They were able to do so. And why couldn't Japanese company do that, you know? All right, before we get to the next
0: segment on the show, I have an ask for you, the listener. Well, OK, two asks. All right. If you are listening to us for the first time, this is the first time you're listening to, write that down. Think about subscribing, okay? Think about hitting that subscribe button. You can always unsubscribe in the future, but by subscribing, you're going to get multiple shows uploaded directly to your app weekly and we think you like what we have to offer. Secondly, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please give us five-star rating very simple to do and it's so beneficial for us as we attempt uh, to you know climb through the podcast rankings through the algorithms in order to grow within the podcast ecosystem it is much appreciated guys thank you we'll we'll have
1: to see I think 2022 will be a big year for Noah for sure yeah or what what New Japan did with Kazuchika Okada Okada, yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm interested to see where he plays into uh, this pro wrestling Noah New Japan pro wrestling feud.
1: Yeah, we'll see and, him but involved. Uh, new Japan has to worry about New Japan storyline, no? And the first night of, at the first night at uh, the, the Tokyo Dome, January 4th, uh, Shingo Takagi against against Kazuch- you know, Kazuchika Okada, old AIDA IWGP belt against new IWGP belt, huh? Mm-hmm. And that well, the, the legit champion, legitimate you know, recognized champion is Shingo Takagi, but uh, Okada is claiming that the G1 champion should be the you know, rightfully champion, and he brought the old belt back, and uh, that will unify two belts, and very next day, the the, the, the third holder of the, the current championship belt, the, we, we, you know, will, will Osprey will be facing the winner. So three IWGP championship belt will be unified at the end of the night. That's very interesting, right?
0: And to be clear, Will Ospreay will be at the Tokyo Dome despite uh, the recent um, kind of, what are they, the restrictions or visa restrictions yeah, that so. Japan yeah. is. Yeah. I think Ospreay was kind of grandfathered in because he had a, a pre-existing visa.
1: Yeah, so he'll
0: be there. There won't be yeah any,
1: i believe uh, so
0: i believe so yeah surprises there so
1: yeah yeah what, what what's your take on
0: that on the three titles it gets a little confusing after a while <laughs> i forget who which one is the real one and which one isn't but uh, the, the the recognized world champion is shingo takagi takagi is the real one. Oh, yeah i'm interested to see
1: well yeah but uh uh will Osprey is also IWGP Champion that who never lost. Mm-hmm.
0: My question about all this is: Where does Kota Ibushi fill in in all this? Is he coming back around this time? Is he? No, 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 no.
1: He, he he should stay out a little bit longer because he will be the number one contender when he comes back. So we can't
0: expect. You don't think we can expect him at the end of the month uh, in January? You don't expect. Uh,
1: him? I this think January. you gotta have new champion and then establish him you know it's a you know it's a good chance you know it's his you know ibushi's opportunity to stay out and get you know you know get physically you know back to his you know yeah good conditioning and come back like in april even we'll see
0: oh also i mean on the topic of new japan it was just now it's just a few hours ago that Katsuyori Shiwata will be back yeah. in some form at the Tokyo Dome. Oh, regular
1: match, we'll, regular match,
0: not just a yeah. grappling match. Nope, uh, tights and shoes this time. But we That's, don't have any more details yet on uh,
1: who. Oh, opponent. Be. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, it will not be your shorts and tennis shoes. You know, he will be wearing full wrestling gear and making comeback January fourth. Yeah, right. he came out. He came out. Yeah, he came out and announced it with suit and tie yesterday. And his speech was real short. Mm-hmm. January fourth, I will have a match. That's it. Then he left. <laughs> Just like I mean, it's very Shibata, you know. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it was enough that the that the people were excited. Yeah, and also opponent is not almost almost not that important. Shibata making comeback as a as a not the exhibition matches, but I mean regular tights and shoes, the full dressing gear. And having his, in a real match, that's big enough.
0: After what? Four years? Five years? Is that that long? Ah, oh. two thousand seventeen.
1: Wow, four years. Four Going years. Five years. Oh wow, wow. I did not realize that was that long.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's crazy, isn't
0: yeah. it? It's crazy. He's been out yeah. for a
1: while. He's been out for quite a while. Right, but what he has gone through, you know, yeah, brain surgery and whole thing, yeah and Man, i'm sure when he's when produced he, out in la and when he went to la to become coach he was pretty sure that he was done you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah but uh after you know four years that there was, was his own workout and uh mentally being ready and it's like he he felt that, that he can do it again yeah <clears throat> which is very yeah real bright news yeah so that will
0: i guess we'll start talking about that more and more in the next couple of weeks as we gear up towards the wrestling week, January. Yeah, and week.
1: this 2021 will come to an end and the new year comes. And yeah, yeah, oh, December's always so quick, huh? It
0: flies by. Christmas is coming up. Your birthday's coming up.
1: Yeah. It's the yeah. same day
0: as the Noah Boudicca show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And nobody's, nobody remembered my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We won't forget this year. Okay. Yeah. But when I was, when I was a kid, you know, that i didn't think it was fair to have all the you know birthday gift and christmas gift and a new new year otoshidama that that little money in your Mm -hmm. pocket thing is all in one (laughs) you know other kids had birthday gift and christmas gift it's separated (laughs) yeah but i was always had all in one they didn't double it or triple it or anything so i didn't think it was very fair economic version <laughs> it's okay. Let's uh our special feature today is Dynamite Kid. Yes. Who passed away 3 years ago. Yep. 2018 December 5th. He yes, passed away one. on his 60th birthday. He was very unique
0: and important and influential in not just Japanese pro wrestling but in wrestling around the world but especially in Japanese pro wrestling with Tiger Mask
1: yes tiger mask actually technically he had big feud with junior heavyweight version of tatsumi fujinami Mm -hmm. yeah um his first tour was was international actually now the international company oh uh, the um iwe iwa
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: the he was born he was born in 1958 in Lancashire, Wigan. Wing, Wigan is where Snake, original Snake Pit Billy Lightly Jim was at, you know. And Dynamite Kid's grandpa Joe and his father Billy was both boxers, you know. Yeah, wrestler and boxer, amateur. But uh, they are both coal miner, you know, kind of blue collar. You know that the village, huh?
0: Mm-hmm. Blue collar tough guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then. uh when Dynamite Kid was a little kid, he learned boxing from his father, and also in this, you know, your like a YMCA type of gym, he learned wrestling and gymnastics. That's what he learned. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a traditional it, route. Right, right, and also was wrestling, you know, and uh, like you go 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 to like a town gym or your. In you know, a community center, they they offer wrestling class or, or the kids wrestling kind of thing, and he was always in it, wrestling and gymnastics. And friend of his father, uh, there was a wrestler Ted Batley. Mm-hmm. He taught him professional wrestling when he was little. And there's a two theory that, uh, that when Dynamite Kid debuted, if it was 1973 or 1975. You know, it's like a, it's hard to dig out the official record, right? Because in a way out in Wigan in and the professional wrestling show somewhere in, in, in your local gymnasium that there's no record for, you know what I'm saying? Right. So some people think he started 1973 and some record shows he started 1975. Either way, he wrestled when he was 15. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
0: So he got started young. Real young. Yeah not the traditional
1: uh route to becoming a wrestler i guess you could say yeah but he was already see when he was like 16 he was already discovered by the big wrestler and also promoter big daddy Mm -hmm. you know he's like a giant baba of england right Mm -hmm. that he was discovered by big daddy and he was brought into professional you know rank and what uh, five feet eight inches tops he wasn't a big guy Right and then, when he started, what 165 pound probably, around mm. that, yeah. And in 1977 or 78, I believe it was 78, that one of the Hart brothers, Bruce, Bruce Hart, Brett and Orin Hart's older brother, Stu Hart's older son. You know, there's like 12 children in that house, but every one of them, six, six boys. And six girls and six boys all wrestled professionally, one time or another. And six girls from Hart family all married a wrestler, you know? So he was discovered by Bruce Hart when he toured England and came back to Calgary and told his father, I found somebody really, really special. His name is Dynamite Kid. We should bring bring him to Calgary. Then Dynamite Kid came to Calgary when he was like 19, 20. Yeah. Mm -hmm that calgary uh, connection brought him into iwe yeah then he was yeah discovered by japanese audience and japanese media and japanese wrestling companies and promoters
0: but he really kind
1: of stayed based out of canada as opposed to england at the time is that true right right because i asked him personally that uh, what was the reason that there's no money that you know in england I mean, make living and uh, make a decent living as a full-time pro wrestler. And Calgary was his opportunity, you know, to go into Canada and eventually going to America. Yeah. Mm. Although he was told he's too small, you know, too small to make it, right? <clears throat> but which eventually, is, yeah.
0: Which Well, this is why he found a kind of new home or a new
1: uh, podium in Japan to show what he could do. Yeah. Also, he also changed Calgary wrestling too. See, at the time, uh, the, when you when you go to Calgary, the Stampede Wrestling, the Stu promotion, you had guys like Akira Toa Kamata, the uh, the Mongolian stumper Archie Goldie, the uh, King Curtis Alkie. It's all heavy, you, you know, real heavy heavyweight, old-fashioned guys in, in there, you know, and all all these bret uh the bret hart and his brothers happened to be more of a junior heavier type body huh mm-hmm. and the entire company became more like dynamite kids style you know he changed the entire company style I and mean, he was already influential when he was 20. it's not interesting so in your opinion what would you say is what
0: made dynamite kids so uh different from the other wrestlers at the time? from what we can see on video, we can't go back in time, but what we can see on video is how much he used the top rope, how intense he was when he was in the ring. Oh, the headbutting. I mean, small guys
1: doing the headbutt and the strong elbow, you know, like what you see in Japanese wrestling today. Elbows, 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 right? He was doing it 40 years ago. Yeah. Kick And at a different pace. Oh, the speed. Oh, God. Yeah. Very athletic. Very athletic. And, uh, Once you, you know, go, you know, the the style of the wrestling going to that and the other guys are doing it with him, that uh, the whole company is doing it, you know, Mm -hmm. and became the style of Calgary, which was basically very similar to New Japan style at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You had a big influence on guys like Bret Hart. Yeah, and Bruce Hart, Keith Hart or the guys at the time that uh, they had like young Jim Neidhart uh ben bathra that uh or young like Owen in harsh during high school but they couldn't wait to jump in the ring yeah Mm -hmm. and also junior high you know high school chris benoit in the front front seat you know right yeah yeah like like in the ringside seat every week benoit was sitting there you know i think he also
0: had a, a big influence and inspiration to uh both Jushin Liger and Hiroshi Hase, who both passed through Canada as well. Calgary.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, before that, there was a Cobra, the George Takano, the mm-hmm. Hiro Saito, the, uh, the, the Junji Hirata, before he was super strong machine. The, uh, all, all the... Oh, Tokyo Joe. Hon- uh, that's 70s. That's 70s. Mr. Hito, yeah. Mm-hmm. that Mr. Hito's house became like a dormitory for Jap- young Japanese wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it's sometimes it's really hard to you know for one territory to have that many Japanese wrestlers, right? Because it's no use, right? Right. So uh, all those guys like Shunji Takano, the Junji Hirata, the George Takano, the uh, Norio Honaga, the, they, they they were like once from one became the Native American gimmick, one became from Cambodia, then one once from Vietnam, and they just changed their identity, you know. It was interesting, you know, mm-hmm. era, but then a little bit later on, Jushin Thunder Kens, young Kensuke Sasaki, and uh, Koki Kitahara, all those guys came in and stayed a length of time. Ricky Fuji, yeah, so think- Calgary, yeah, Calgary and Japan has always been kind of like a sister territory, you know, in a, in a way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and also what was interesting was that. Uh, when original Tiger Mask, Satoru Sayama, had England run right before Tiger Mask, like in 1980 and 81, as, as a Sami Lee, right? Mm-hmm. His opponent was young Dynamite Kid in England. So they already had matches before they had the Tiger Mask against Dynamite Kid in Japan. They had this basic match in England when nobody was noticing it. Right had well, in England they early. were popular in england they were popular but uh they had no idea you know it was gonna be uh like uh you know match of, of the era yeah
0: well there were quite a there were a couple there were a couple matches because there were there was well okay let's actually before we get to sayama and dynamite kid you, like you mentioned earlier there was an a, a feud before that with he and tatsumi fujinami
1: yeah, uh, A very
0: different Tetsumi Fujinami than I think people might uh, think. Yeah, because
1: he was int- introduced as junior heavyweight. See, Antonio Inoki's junior heavyweight version. Like in mm-hmm. 1980 uh, 1978, he became WWF junior heavyweight champion at Madison Square Garden, beating Jose Estrada and came back and brought the New York championship belt to Japan. It was exciting time. You know, he actually brought the belt back from America. And when you when you have a championship belt from America, oh, you're gonna return it, right? I mm. mean felt like it, you know, just like giant baba beat some NWA world heavyweight champion by the end of the tour, he's returning it, right? Right. But uh this junior heavyweight version of WWE belt stayed in Japan and became Tatsumi Fujinami's, you know signature belt. And he beat every single, you know junior heavyweight competitor, all of them from Japan, from America, with Steve Carr and all these people. And uh, yeah, that was Fujinami's strong initial run as junior heavyweight champion. And they had Fujinami against Dynamite Kid in Calgary first.
0: Mm-hmm. Then
1: he was brought back to Japan. And uh, I think
0: Fujinami's style was a lot more high flying, a lot more
1: high impact style a lot different than what- but not quite like dynamite kid and tiger mask no. junior heavy was like a, more like a victory rose or sunset flips and you know what i'm saying with the fire of Inoki, yeah and lighter and younger yeah mm-hmm. but real good looking guy that was he was so popular as a junior heavyweight yeah
0: and after his matches with fujinami he had matches with like uh, cobra like you said george takano but sayama was when people started really talking
1: and remembering yeah the entire three-year run of original tiger Mask, he actually had only three big rival dynamite kid Kon- Kuniaki kobayashi and black tiger black tiger was a um, rollable mark rocco Mm-hmm. And those are three big opponents. And I cannot count how many times there were there were Tiger mask against Dynamite Kid, you know, the, the Osaka version of it, Hiroshima version of it, Sumo Palace version of it and, and just Korakuen version of it, it just Madison nice Square it, Garden. Oh, that too. yeah, yes, right, right. But they always delivered what people would expect from those two. And just so far ahead of time, right? Very much so, and if yeah. you watch
0: it now, it doesn't look dated.
1: No, no, not long. at all. And people can study that matches even to this day. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of wrestlers
0: pattern themselves even still o- after his style in the ring. Yeah, same yeah, same size, right. same
1: body type. Actually, you know that the flying headbutt after top rope, the Dynamite Kid's signature move. Mm-hmm. It was taught by. Katsuji Adachi, Mr. Hito, of, 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 you know, the Japanese wrestler who lived in Calgary, mm-hmm. who is no, no longer with us. But he was using that move before Dynamite Kid was there. But he thought that should be Dynamite Kid's move. And uh, after all, that the people think it's Dynamite Kid's original, you know? Nothing is kind of original, right? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, also, uh, you know, like a super high speed snap suplex. Mm-hmm it's like a regular vertical suplex but if you do it that quick it looks like a completely different move huh
0: yeah, nobody was doing uh the the wrestling that was so athletic at the time it wasn't uh everything is athletic now we see some amazing stuff on a daily basis but back if you look at what was going on back in yeah the, in the
1: 1979 80s, 1980 1981 yeah it's like wow it's like because main event guys were all tall and heavyweight and big, you know, heavy guys. And the Dynamite Kid just in a completely different size, you know, shorter and solid. But the, the way he runs and the way he runs and back, you know, back to, the you know, this, the, what, what you call rope works. Mm-hmm. He runs so fast, right? He was more like a
0: action hero than... Uh, pro wrestler, a traditional pro wrestler, came, kind of came off because he was based on the character too. And he did yeah. kind of come to life in a, in a different sort of way. He's very excited, right. flashy, very flashy.
1: And also, it changed the perception these 180 pound guys can be main event, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Without
0: thinking about their size all
1: that much, you're thinking about what's
0: going on in the ring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it was like he really overcame all the odds and helped young like, generations of wrestlers came after him that they can make it, you know, until then it's like these athletic, smaller guys who wanted to be wrestler in you know, the professional wrestler and then they'll be told, you know, right off the bat, ah, you're too small. Right. Right. And they say, no, no, I'll make it. And then the uh, dynamite kid really proved them wrong. And, uh, he opened the door to a lot of new guys. Much like what Liger did later on, much like Ultimo Dragon did later on, right? You know,
0: speaking yeah. of Liger, I think if you watch any of his early matches, it's so like you a much- young
1: dynamite kid. Oh yeah. my gosh. He's,
0: he's the Japanese dynamite kid. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The, right. the body type, the style the same snap suplex he talked about. Just- yeah.
1: And then the diving headbutts off yeah, the top rope. Yeah. He was, he was uh, top Yeah. 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 Oh, of course. So. And Tope was like a spectacular move to end of the evening at one point in life, you know, once upon a time, but sure. it became an everyday move, you know, that meant you have to do something more spectacular and Satoru Sayama, the original Tiger Mask always delivered new moves. That's why I guess Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask, move. you know, the same match, but it lasted so long that the entire, like a two year period, they had what, 20, 30 matches, but they introduce something new every time
0: and so, none of so, them so, so a, never became old yeah none of them had a very definitive ending either some of them would be double count out some of we uh
1: or even if even when pin. even then and i learned something really that even when they did that you know like a clean clean cut finish that dynamite kid get pinned the match will happen again you know it's not the end of the night and also for Dynamite Kid losing to Tiger Mask, huh? Big deal that the, he he might win next time, kind of thing. And I don't think Dynamite Kid beat Sayama more than once. You know, <laughs> it's weird that he already had finished, right? It mm-hmm. sounds like the end of the end of the feud, but they booked the match again because the the content is incredible. That the, that the outcome of the match almost didn't matter. So he dynamite kid did not really lose anything by losing the match you know what i'm saying right. at the end of the night he was just as strong he just left the, you know left the ring that's it yeah People we're always talking about those two what do they just see what do they just see <laughs> yeah yeah and those were the you know very vhs era that uh, you know japanese fans you know videotaped those matches and very next day put them in a you know envelope and send it to American fan and like your know, your old pen pal. These things, today's wrestling fan has to realize these things all happened before the internet or the streaming. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You actually have to send your physical VH tape you know, VHS tape <laughs> to America. And those people that doubled the, you know, that, that made a copy of those videos and then they gave it to your friends. Another copy was made and gave it to your friends and attended those tapes. He's like, wow, quality is really bad, but I still have to watch it, right? It's the only choice. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. But at the same time, those American pen pals sent American tapes to Japan, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a tape trading era. Cultural
0: exchange. It was the only way. It was way before uh, the internet. All the way to 90s, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, up until the early 2000s, I was... Uh, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: you know, the internet's fine. In 1999, 2000, everybody had internet. But it wasn't moving picture yet, huh? You know? Mm, not really. Buffer, short. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like a really clunky videotape a little bit, you know? But the yeah. internet was writing and the still photos, not quite live stream- streaming. It's just last five years or so, right? Yeah. Yeah so it's all different era you know not just wrestling but technology too you know yeah. but dynamite kid legend remain you know it just technology has changed you know maybe if there were uh live streaming you know way back when that uh, maybe he was he he would have been more consumed i don't know but i think he we was,
0: see it in so many wrestlers today that i think that's one way. If, if as long as we know that a lot of what we see, a lot of it came from a handful of people like Dynamite Kid.
1: Yeah, and also he was always not himself, but was in the middle of this, like uh, wrestling in the politics. You know the way things have changed. That he was involved in, directly, in, indirectly in nineteen end of nineteen eighty three. Uh, the father, uh, Stu Hart sold the territory to vince mcmahon and closed down the shop mm-hmm. remember and there was a deal that the four wrestlers at least that bret hart jim neidhart dynamite kid and davey boy smith smith those four would be hired by wwe wwf at the time right yeah so dynamite kid and davey boy young bret hart and young jim neidhart as as heart foundation they their you know journey to the world be, you know began you know that they became WWF superstar. So all of a sudden, this Calgary you know Calgary superstars, British Bulldogs. They named they weren't even British Bulldogs in in Calgary. WWE gave them name, the British Bulldogs, Dynamite Kid and was to They were wrestling at the Madison Square Garden in, in 1984. You know it was not quite their choice. But it opened up, you know, really, really opened the, the like, opportunities, right? Because they were touring world then. It was very interesting. And also, he was in the middle of this, this big political move in Japan, too, that the old Japan pro-wrestling giant Barber, uh, with the help of Mr. Hito of, of Calgary, that Dynamite Kid and David Boy Smith switched sides from New Japan to old Japan at the end of 1984. That was a big move that was big, oh, a real uh, big move oh god yeah yeah um, and they never
0: went back to new japan did they
1: nope nope uh yeah no it became pretty much full-time and uh see during 1984 and 1985 that ww F at the time they wrestlers you know some of the wrestlers contract had the in you know, one in a paragraph saying that the, your deal with japan is separate from wwe contract you know Therefore people like Adrian Adonis that, uh, Dick Murdoch or, or dynamite kid and David Boy Smith for that matter, that they could still take Japan tour in between WWE schedule. Wasn't that interesting? And it was just up until around that time to 85, 86, the whole. Yeah. And then too. they became completely exclusive with WWE and it stopped yes. coming over and dynamite kid wanted to stay in Japan, but David Boy wanted to have, you know, WWE exclusive. And so the you know the team team that's that's how British Bulldogs kinda break up basically.
0: Yeah. Then we saw the different version of the Bulldogs with Johnny Smith, yeah.
1: Yeah, a little bit later on. But by uh the in the middle of this, you know, second old Japan run, dynamite kids' body weren't the same as early 80s dynamite kids. The way he did things that your your body will, you know will start reacting right right not and only also, how he
0: wrestled but what he was putting into his body as well
1: yeah yeah see we have no physical concrete evidence of that so you you must be talking about the steroid effects but uh yeah obviously that uh, you know calgary version of dynamite kid and new japan version of dynamite kid and the early ww version version of ww uh, dynamite kid you you see the photos it's like a body has changed you know what i'm saying mm. yeah probably 30 pounds 40 pounds heavier yeah
0: and it was but it was also a really different time too. the expectations were that you had to be huge to be in pro wrestling both in yeah, japan and right. in the states everywhere
1: the yeah standard was they, much they different. bulked up oh they became like a bodybuilder you know big guys you know and it must be really bad for your heart huh mm yeah and then also he uh, he busted his hips he busted his you know her, you know like already herniated discs and he hurt his arm that uh he's torn his biceps here and there and yeah the body was breaking down yeah but he could only do dynamite kid wrestling yeah mm. so uh basically there was a couple of years that uh, he didn't come back to japan that he was full-time with WWE, and if you remember WrestleMania too the mm-hmm. da- uh, B- British Bulldogs beat Greg Valentine and British Beefcake to become WWE tab- Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, there was they had to doctor up the tape a couple of times that uh, you see, like they couldn't tape the title change, you know, that they, you know, at the if you remember, Poughkeepsie tv taping mid-hudson civic center yeah yeah when they did the title switch when the british pulled out dropping the tag team title to whomever he was mm-hmm. uh was that was was that a uh, rujo's it was rujo's remember. or it was uh it wasn't beefcake and um valentine know. no i don't think so it, it could have been rujo's at the time. but anyhow that the dynamite kid the body was so beat that they they you know. They sent them to, to the ring just to tape the finish of the match. Right. Yeah. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That beat. You know.
0: They couldn't walk.
1: uh, They couldn't walk. Yeah. And then also in this mid '80s WWE schedule, they were running 300 shows a year, huh? Mm -hmm. In two or three different places. Team A, Team B, Team Three. You know, Hulk Hogan, uh, A Team. You know, one town and second set of the you know. That the crew was doing like a Roddy Piper and somebody on, on you know on top and the third main event sea shows was like a Huxley Jim Duggan show or something like that and like three shows taking place in three different towns it was crazy era, but the, they are doing what twenty days on two days off twenty five days on three days off twenty days on two days off It's just you are going to you know <laughs> some somebody's something's gonna break huh so i'm looking it up right now you know i think
0: that match that they had to drop the title was i think it was the heart foundation
1: oh okay okay
0: that's right that's right 87 january 87
1: right at the time many people didn't think bret hart was going to be that big of a champion you know three years later you know
0: wow through only three years later that's what it was yeah man. i think so yeah 1991
1: for, is when he started yeah when him. he beat rick flair for the first time and going single, that was
0: 92. I think from my memory, I remember really noticing him after he beat Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam.
1: Oh, that was a good match! Oh my god, uh, New York City! Yeah, yeah, and they showed and, uh, his family uh, use, in the crowd. Useless trivia was that uh, brett Hart's official debut match in Calgary was against Dynamite Kid. Ah, that's yeah. right, and they well, had quite but that's a few, that's a official, of, yeah, it's the official match, official debut, but uh, he. Bret Hart already wrestled professional match when he was in high school. Unofficial, you know, anybody can, I mean, he refereed matches when he was in high school. He cut, you know, he was at the, you know, that the, the, the door, you know, like checking people's tickets. He was standing in in, in a concession stand selling T-shirts. He was building rings, you know, and he moved out of the house. He wanted to become somebody, something besides wrestler, and he moved out of the house and went to college a couple of years but decided to be a wrestler when he was 20. So I don't know what would be Bret Hart's official debut match. He was doing it entire life, right? But uh, his version of official debut match, he count as official debut match was against Dynamite Kid.
0: I think they also (laughs) had the first ladder match. Isn't that right?
1: That's I I was going to say. Yeah. Now it's like a ladder match is like a WWE creation. A lot of people think, but they were doing ladder match in calgary back in 1979.
0: they were it's the ones yeah they were the ones who kind of came up with it and bret hart brought it to uh the states with those matches sean yeah, yeah. michaels yeah
1: yeah and then uh, not just climbing up the ladder but the, when you use ladder you got to be creative you know and there's a lot of different ways to use it you know and then and then then uh, you know Shawn, people like Shawn michaels took it and even did more creative things with, razor Ramon and people like that yeah so these creative thing just doesn't happen overnight there's always that you know things that you can go back who did it first you know and uh yeah some of these people are not credited don't you think and a lot of it I would say
0: I mean some of it is credited but not all of it's credited to Dynamite kid
1: yeah, and then also I'll credit Dynamite Kid for, you know, for smaller wrestlers wearing long tights. Was he maybe the first to really champion that that look? I believe so, because if smaller guys wearing short trunks and wrestling boots, that will make you look even smaller. Right. So Dynamite Kid was always wearing long tights and it looked good, you know?
0: Yeah, he wrestled a little way that was easy to take him seriously, but also it was fun to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is why Chris Benoit never had short trunks. Entire career, he had Dynamite Kid type tights. That's so. Yeah, <laughs> he, he always had long <laughs>
0: tights. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's Dynamite Kid style. Yeah, and also somebody from Calgary has a little stars on, on, on long tights. That's right. That's what Benoit <laughs> had as well. Yeah, like it's like it's like a whole tribe of it, you know. Hmm. And if not, you might be wearing leather vest. Hmm, that's yeah. Both <laughs> that leather vest too. Yeah. 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 Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I forgot a- to
0: mention one really important match in his WWF career. There was a match that he he was on the first pay per view wrestling classic.
1: Oh okay. Uh, was that a Randy Savage?
0: Yeah, he, it was where he uh, jumped off the top rope with a missile drop kick and won the match in like ten seconds. Hmm. Against nobody. I think it was Randy Savage,
1: wasn't it? Very interesting, very interesting, yeah. Okay. That was the
0: first, of, it was before WrestleMania on pay-per-view, but it was considered the first WWF pay-per-view.
1: Right, match. like almost like a test, you know, test pattern.
0: Yeah, and it had just uh, the uh, the wrestling classic tournament style. Uh, right,
1: uh, one-night tournament. Yeah. Oh, okay, at the time, Randy Savage being much bigger star, right? No, I, I think they had a
0: match later in the night, but the first match was him and Nikolai Volkov. Ah, so okay. Dynamite, yeah, and then Randy Savage, uh, he beat Ivan Putski next. Ah, okay. Uh, Dynamite, Kid you remember that better two. than I do. No, I'm yeah. looking at now, I'm looking at the uh results, I'm looking at, and later on, uh, Dynamite Kid had a match with Adrian Adonis, and Randy Savage uh beat Dynamite Kid in the semifinals. But all these matches were really short. I don't uh, know, I
1: know, I, I know, I noticed that like a five minute matches, yeah, nothing was over 10 minutes, so yeah but it was like uh it was good thing that that they really showcase start showcasing dynamite in national base in a base Mm -hmm. and this was
0: before the tag team before Mm -hmm. he was marketed Mm in the tag team so so uh after wwe though he he did have that all japan he he
1: yeah went back to japan and Davey Boy stayed with either WWE or he went to WCW at the time. Then went back to WWE and WWF. So the, the British Bulldogs no longer. And also British Bulldogs, Davey Boy Smith's biggest match was SummerSlam at, at Wembley Stadium. So he was like already a single competitor. Mm-hmm. Around the same time, Dynamite Kid was back in Japan with Johnny Smith as like a, another version of uh, the, the British Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Smith was very good you know, partner to have because 80% of the match, Johnny Smith would be wrestling. Because Dynamite Kid uh, wasn't in the same shape. Yeah, yeah, right. But he will come in and, you know, first thing he does is uh, give this super speed snap suplex and headbutt, headbutt, elbow, elbow, and not in the middle of the match, you tag in and does his signature flying headbutt, you know. So that's what people wanted to see. Yeah. So he. Pretty much lasted until 1991. In December of 1991. Wow, 30 years ago now, huh? <laughs> he retired Crazy. when he was only 33 years old. 33 years old, though. You know what I mean? He did a I lot mean, to, in a short. Today's term. wrestler. That's when your prime time begins, huh? Or even after, for some of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See. 19, he was born in 1958, 1958, okay? Who was born in 1958, the same age group? People like Lex Luger, Sting, Kevin Nash, yeah, Scott Hall. They were same age group, but they didn't become superstar until late 90s. Isn't that interesting? They came up
0: differently. They didn't have to do as much of an intense athletic style. as. Oh, they MIT. were big people, but the same age group. Yeah, it is interesting that they are from the same
1: class, but they didn't make it at the same times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were born 1980 and 1958. Yeah. Those era, those era, you know, that run 57, 58, 59, they had a lot of, you know, a lot of good wrestlers 57 Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig, Bret Hart, Road Warrior Hawk. Yeah. They were all same age. So a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them are gone
0: like after as you said after 1991 ish around then that's when we first saw that dynamite kid stepped away but he, he did make one last return to japan
1: uh with michinoku you mean mm-hmm,
0: 96. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: right yeah, one match but the, his you should see his calf and you know that the thighs and see when you retire what you you may not lose as much upper body but the, if you see legs it's like wow it's like You know, his thigh, hamstrings and, you know, calves is like, wow, you haven't worked out. You know what I'm saying? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I would say his real retirement match was December of 1991. The final night of real tag team tournament all Japan uh, at the Budokan. So he was able to retire at Budokan. Hmm. The match was Dynamite Kid, Johnny Smith against Johnny Ace and Sunny Beach. Sunny, Sunny Beach. Beach. Yeah, the surfer gimmick guy. Yeah, wasn't quite the big superstar, but he was on, on, on tag team tournament. That was a tag team tournament. Very interesting one, you know, giant Baba and under the giant, you know, made the tag team and you you have your jumbo and you have your that the uh, Stan Hansen, the Terry Gordy, Steve Williams, the Johnny S, Danny Spivey, all those regular old Japan 90s guys were in it and every single person from the dressing room came to congratulate him you know like uh, how much he was respected you know no baby face no heel in it that everybody shook hand with dynamite kid you know and giant Baba too and and when dynamite came to giant Baba and said you know uh, he wanted to retire you know at at the end of this in in this tour and baba said wrestlers usually retire without saying it right Mm -hmm. that was baba's philosophy and uh dynamite kid insisted that uh, no uh, he he wanted to announce that uh, this is going to be his final night final match yeah and so people will know you know then he he said i'll never come back Mm. at the time his disc was already busted you know what i'm saying yeah yeah but uh, he carried himself and had a decent match and uh, uh he even did this flying headbutt off the top rope and beat sunny beach and then then uh entire japanese locker room and american locker room came out and, and, and shook his hand it was like a very very good retirement you know yeah then after you know in 90s in into 2000 he was like nowhere to be found i think 91 was also the year he left calgary mm-hmm basically he he got you know he got divorced and he went back to england and after he went back to england he didn't really see any former wrestlers or never appeared in his fan fest or you know autograph or you know you have your retired wrestlers things right all over the world that uh, fan fest you know like conventions a, and so yeah on. conventions and wrestle cam kind of thing you know wrestle cam kind of thing that the, he never came out for, for mm-hmm. those. And nobody had his phone number for a long time, you know, and uh, and Japanese media didn't find him until like 2016. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Then NHK, if you know what NHK is, you know, that the national you know, television channel in Japan, not quite the wrestling carrying network. You know, it's more serious like uh, England's BBC, you know, Mm, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. NHK did had a documentary on Dynamite Kid's career, and Satoru Sayama sent him video letter. You know, you are my best opponent. You are my best friend, and let's meet again. Mm. And uh, yeah, this wheelchair-bound, you know, Dynamite Kid really smiled for the first time on camera. See, all these years, Dynamite Kid never once smiled. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? He was always on, on character. I mean that serious. You know? Yeah, it
0: was a, a sad segment.
1: Yeah, but it was good to discover him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he was in. He was three. He was three years before his death. You know, his passing. So he would have been about fifty-seven. It's hard to imagine fifty-seven-year-old dynamite kid, huh? You know. Yeah. 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 And he looked older than that, even, you know. And he had, uh, you know, diabetic. And he had to amputate his toes, and uh, he was in this one of those, what do you call it, n- nursing home type place? Yeah. And he, apparently, he remarried another woman, and she was taking care of him too. And uh, yeah, he, um, but he was willing to make an appearance for the final time, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but th- th- those are the very end of Dynamite Kid, but th- we should talk about his legacy and the influence he has to rest, you know, wrestling world to this day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Uh, I think we see that mostly in the ring, especially.
1: Um, And just like yesterday, New Japan Sumo Palace show, there was a final night of Super Junior, you know, top the Super Junior tournament that there's a bunch of guys with Dynamite Kid size doing it. See, maybe see Hiromu Takahashi wasn't even born then, but uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm, show neither, yeah.
0: It was a the the I guess it was specifically the, the this this style of junior heavyweight pro wrestling that we see more in New Japan than all Japan and Noah or anything like that. But I think this right right style, right. high flying, hard hitting, like a Noah a junior...
1: little bit yeah Noah yes a little yeah, bit yeah a con- Congo unit they're all mm-hmm. junior heavy guys. But yes, junior heavyweight division and heavyweight di- divisions because there are two divisions in New Japan. Yeah. But so, um
0: I think we can always uh, kind of w- trace
1: that, back we can trace it back to Dynamite Kid we can Dynamite Kid and tiger original mask. tiger mask of course. If there were weren't Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask there wouldn't be Liger or or you know, Sasuke, Ultimate Dragon yeah. Great Sasuke yeah or Osprey or, or, those, or um oh for that matter yes yeah. right or even the newer guys, uh, Ibushi, Ibushi, or in America, people like you know, like Roderick Strong or uh, Brian Danielson. Oh yeah, yeah, young Gosh, Brian yeah. Danielson, yes. Or CM Punk, yeah. CM Punk, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. most of the, uh, most of the younger generation that's they're having. Yeah, a... the generation who grew up watching Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the influence is definitely there to this day.
0: It's deep, for sure.
1: Yeah. So if you started watching wrestling in the last three to five years, you know, CM Punk and Bryan Danielson, they were the original. That's fine. They're so talented. So talented. But if you want to study it a little bit more and go back to like in early 1980s tapes and start watching Dynamite Kid and, Dan, you know, David Boy Smith or Tiger Mask. Uh, kunyaki kobayashi yeah and young liger and you see a lot of that originality black tiger yeah the original content oh that's why it started you know what i'm saying Mm. yeah so it's really really and then if you study those tapes and come back to the today's wrestling content that i think you get more out of it
0: yeah and it's cool because you can easily look these things up on things like new japan world or just youtube or daily motion
1: most of it. Yeah, still there. yeah, 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 it's there. Yeah, especially Tiger Mask, Dynamite Kid, Tiger Mask, Kuniaki Kobayashi, Tiger Mask, Black Tiger. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. haven't
0: seen those, uh, you should sometime go out of your way in the future. Yeah. To...
1: And actually, Dynamite Kid against Kuniaki Kobayashi is pretty good too.
0: Kuniaki Kobayashi is one of the more underrated.
1: Underrated. Yeah. Era. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's like yeah, he's like a dormitory guy at the new japan dojo now yeah he's like the chef <laughs> interesting huh mm. yeah but he's
0: still uh, i i saw him wrestle a couple uh years ago because he was involved in one of those rumbles at, at tokyo dome they had uh, he was one of those right legends yeah right. yeah he came out
1: with a t-shirt on and yeah but he still works out though yeah he's fine yeah and then he can still bust apple with his you know his hand yeah he and he works out, out at the dojo after everybody leaves, you know, like during the afternoon and nobody's there. He comes in all by himself and still works out 50 some years old. I mean, 60 some years old. Yeah. 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 So the legacy is there, but the dynamite kid that, uh, I want to make sure that, that the people know about him and kind of, you know, I, I don't want to use the word study, but, uh, you know, that, the. Um, more thing about Dynamite should be known. How's that?
0: Yeah, if you understand Dynamite Kid, you understand Josh or you understand Chris Benoit, you understand Brian Danielson, you understand a lot, a lot. And I'm not even scratching the surface. It's just the way he wrestles is a lot is very similar to how modern wrestling looks like. Yeah, it's yeah. High intensity. Yeah. It's more athletic. It's not as showy. There's less posing. There's, uh, you know, it's not as, you're not showing the crowd what you're doing. You're just going in and doing it as if it's real, you know, fighting. Yeah,
1: and uh, then uh, while you're watching Dynamite match, you know, you naturally suspend your disbelief. Mm-hmm. And you don't think of him <laughs> as a smaller guy because no. he comes
0: off as a big guy.
1: And you go, ah, oh, wow, wow, hmm. you know, then you become a kid. <laughs> yeah, he never, he never breaks
0: from that, um, the character that he's in, that really ruthless
1: Mm-hmm. wrestler really, yeah uh, serious all the time yeah yeah so uh dynamite kid that i uh, really wanted to have the entire episode on him because this is the december and december 5th that uh, that's the time to remember him yeah. yeah and i think
0: uh as time goes on i think his uh his legacy will be more and more not, not just intact but apparent we'll be able to see it even more and more it's in the dna of a lot of wrestling these days so yeah i believe so yeah all right, so let's wrap it up for today. Where can we
1: find you Fumi on uh, social media? Uh on Twitter, Fumihiko Dayo, Fumihikodayo, F U M I H I K O D A Y O. Fumihikodayo on Twitter or just Fumi Saito on Facebook. Actually, I have Instagram, Instagram too. Fumi Saito 2001. Is that's me. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not really an Insta- Instagram guy, you know. I'm very comfortable is, with Facebook. <laughs> Older generation now, huh? <laughs> yeah.
0: and on Twitter I'm at Justin M Nipper K N I P P E R if you want to get a hold of us you can reach us those ways you can reach us through uh fight games patreon you can free, uh, reach us through the feed too so
1: apple or the apple podcast and spotify
0: now yeah yeah you can listen to this now you can listen to it on any uh, way you usually get your podcast i don't know how you're getting it now but you can listen to it on apple you can listen to it on regular spotify you can listen to it on downcast and stitcher and uh oh, okay everything
1: uh, no nothing about it
0: <laughs> yeah well, any way that you consume your podcast we now can uh be heard through them so good. Yeah. So, on that note, Fumi, take it
1: away. So long from Tokyo.